hey yo welcome back um today uh i finally have a guest on <laughs> um it's my girl joelle first of all if you follow me on any social media you have already seen her there's no way you have not but I am gonna let you introduce yourself real quick. Okay, so my name is Joelle. I am Cameroonian and I know Naomi from school. We go to the same school, med school, sir. students. Sir. We've been in this right since the beginning together. So, yes, yeah. Sir. <laughs> so, to talk about, I've been thinking about for the longest time, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I started um, this podcast in the first place. And, um,. Subject being femininity and everything that has to do with stepping into womanhood and growing up. And I think one of the things that really was interesting me is to be able to talk to multiple women and get multiple perspectives of that. And I know that we've talked about this a lot. And so I just, yeah, I feel like having this conversation is really important just not only for people to not feel as like alone in their experience, but also if there's someone younger in a younger generation to have people to look up to or something to listen to to be like, oh, okay, like this is kind of how that works. And I feel like that's something that I lacked is to have someone there to look up to and be like, oh, okay, this is how I want to step. This is how I want to move. So I guess my first question, obviously after that, you can bounce off whatever. Um is how have you experienced like what the world has told you being a woman is versus like how you experience womanhood in general and women in general in your life um i think let's start with how the world has defined feminine Mm -hmm. um i think for me is growing up i never felt as much feminine as other women Mm -hmm. um First of all, it was because of my environment. I was mostly with boys. I used to hang out with boys. I was kind of a bit of a tomboy when I was when I was a kid, you know. And then um, I, when I came to Switzerland, it's actually when no, it was actually a little bit before. But when I came to Switzerland, it was really when I started to re- to kind of quote unquote step into my femininity because the women I was seeing here, they were a lot more um, if I can say delicate. Little feminine traits, you know, the image you also like taking care of your image, uh, feminine traits, and etc., and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was kind of when I started to kind of step quote into my femininity, and uh, I think I was about eight, I was about 18 years old when I started. I mean, when I started, when I was fully aware mm. of you know the power of being feminine and just that people expect you to act a certain way because you're a woman and I think that now in being into my womanhood I'm more of I'm gonna say I'm not really into the whole feminine quote-unquote what it is stereotype stereotype, exactly I feel like you can kind of you have to take things that are good and um, include it into your personality and I think that's really how it how I feel and it's it was more of a learning experience along the way it was as to what I like to do like I mean I'm just going to talk about appearance aspect and stuff like doing your hair doing your nails like just having your appearance together that is like the first example that comes to my um that comes to my head and like I think that as like I step into womanhood I kind of had the I've experienced a lot with like looks and just how, what I like doing my nails done and everything like that I do and as, as I step into womanhood there's certain things that I would love to do more and keep for myself mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah no I feel you and when I hear you say that I realize that we basically have the exact same story yeah <laughs> like yeah we do we both started off because I remember like I used to be a crazy tomboy yeah. as well but I think always, for you like the tomboy side is stronger um because for me it was a lot of like i grew up around dudes as well like my friends were mostly guys and i used to hang around with guys as well and it's only getting older in retrospect where i look back and i'm like it's because i had a certain image of what a woman was what a girl was and I, it wasn't something i wanted to associate myself with and if i can ask what is that image you had it's and it's something I'm still trying to find now but like I'm talking about the the image that that 
my environment fed me of what a woman was it was a lot of um sitting around and just chatting and having like therapy sessions and like gossip it was a lot of gossip a lot of um like backstabbing there was a lot of fakeness in the world that i would see of like women and it was i think also the main thing that i realize now is that i used to avoid those spaces because it also involved being vulnerable yeah okay and being vulnerable wasn't something i was ever taught or that i grew up with so it made me really uncomfortable and in those spaces a lot of it was vulnerability yes but also it's vulnerability in a place where i know you can't trust these people and so um i avoided those spaces and then also like you i had this feeling of not being feminine enough Mm -hmm. not being woman enough not only because um not only because of the fact that like i was tomboy and so that meant that when you're young, it doesn't really matter because you're all kids and no one cares. No one but it gets you get to an age where it becomes like crushes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And from that moment onwards, it's like you notice because you realize that dudes don't look at you the same way as they look at everyone mm-hmm. else. They don't acknowledge you the same way. And it's not that you want it, but it's still there. You know, you're aware that like I somehow am not like these other girls. Mm-hmm. And I can't put my finger on it until later on. And It was weird though because um and i'll let you touch on this as well if you've experienced it is towards like 10 11 and we've talked about this as well towards 10 11 like especially as black women your curves start to come in puberty hits at some point Mm -hmm. you know as much as you want to be a tomboy puberty is gonna hit the butt starts sticking (laughs) out boobs start coming everything puberty hits and like from that point onwards not only are you getting weird vibes but on top of that like i remember being in school and like it was the first time i feel like there's a a lot of firsts that women remember but that's a first that i really remember is like when men started sexualizing my body Mm -hmm. and i remember being in school and like men would start like unsolicitedly smacking my ass or stuff like that and like i was so young that i didn't understand why it made me uncomfortable i didn't understand like what the issue I had with it because they were laughing about it so to them it was a joke and these are dudes that I was friends with originally um and now there was some type of divide that I couldn't put my finger and I feel like that dragged on with me um where like I saw also like walking out in the street men start looking at you different as well and you get approached for the wrong reason exactly and like you're trying to think okay um 10 11 12 you're still a kid at that point i'm a child i don't know what this is and yet i'm forced somehow to mentally catch up to what is coming at me because i can't control it and i have to react somehow and so it wasn't a lack of the sexualization but somehow there was this mix between feeling sexualized but also feeling masculine yeah i don't know if you relate to that i relate to that but I feel like the masculine part, I don't know, for me, the masculine part was more of a, the way I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm taller than everyone. I was taller than most of the boys over there. So mm-hmm. I'm overcrowding people. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I felt so masculine because I was having more presence than mm-hmm. anyone in the room and everything like that. And the sexualization of that always comes with black women. Mm-hmm. I mean, that always comes with women in general. But I feel like for me, it was mostly... I. I was aware of that when I came here. It was like, um, Noah, I was the only black kid in my in my class. I was the only one with curves. There it is. Yep. You know, you're wearing your tight skinny mm. jeans and the butt is popping out and everything like that. And you get looks or you get comments, but you know, you don't really you don't really get it and everything yeah. like that. And for me, that is actually more a step into adulthood that I'm, I'm actually like thinking about that. I was like, oh. I remember that look. Yeah. I remember that yeah, look. And people sure. just approaching you in the streets for no apparent reason. Just yeah. the fact that, you know what, you're wearing super tight jeans. It has happened so many times. Yeah. And I think it was finding kind of the mix of the fact that I was a tall I was a tall woman, yeah. taller than guys, and also that I was being approached by people that I didn't really, really want to be approached by, mm. but only for my body. That was kind of like, okay, well, let me kind of switch it up a bit and let 
because I feel also like a feminine energy is kind of also you're kind of downplaying yourself mm. yeah and I was like okay well let me downplay your myself. energy has to be lesser yeah, than lesser than the, than the men's yeah. you know alpha male kind yeah. of energy is overpowering you and everything like that so it was like okay well I have to shrink myself a little bit and you know that would kind of make me more feminine mm. and also you know you're never getting approached by the right people so you know for you know for people for the right people for the people that you like you know your crush to you know you have to kind of change and be like okay well <laughs> normally i'm not really that um i'm not gonna say delicate but you make I'll, yourself lesser in order yeah, to be more palatable to yeah people. exactly yeah. to be more approachable to yeah. be seen i have two quotes after that first of all what was your image of um what a woman is and the definition of that and we'll get to how you see it now but like back then um and where did that come from in your environment i think for me the definition of a woman always came from my mom mm-hmm. and it still comes from my mom i think that the image that hasn't really changed mm-hmm. much um it's a hard-working woman a woman that's always there for her kids mm-hmm. um for everyone around her and you know just working to keep Mm-hmm. But then, what I'm saying is, like, in the sense of that delicacy, that I never got that from my mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not gonna bash my mom or anything <laughs> like that. I'm not trying to, you know, my mom is a feminine woman. And she got her thing, okay? Yeah. But um, I think I more have got that from like YouTube. Yeah. I think there was also a rise of like femininity videos. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if you like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that, but I think I got it from YouTube. Two was from kids in my class, mm. and I think I'm gonna say maybe my sister. Mm. Yeah, because that's what I was about to say. Is like a lot of it, like that feminine delicacy, whatever, and that that was the definition of femininity. Femininity was a lot from social media or like from yeah. society. Also, and I feel media. like the definition that society had or has of femininity mm-hmm. was kind of that aspect mm-hmm. of like. You have to be lesser than so yeah now. exactly and i feel like it also doesn't take like it doesn't take upon the fact that it changes depending on where you are or your mm. environment so yeah sure. just get one image and you take it and you everyone has to exactly. be that image yeah what about you my second okay wait i have a okay. second question first is do you feel like as much as men were sexualizing you when they were looking at you that way do you feel like you were ever being approached because you know like there was that crush stage do you feel like that was ever a thing like where boys felt like where you felt that vibe of like crush more than just i want to sleep with you no and that's what i was about to get to is that like i was thinking about this the other day because i feel the same way i had the same experience of like i was sexualized and yet i wasn't wanted and like it was almost like it was a shame to to like me even though i knew there were some dudes i know i can see it in your eyes and yet you can't claim me and I could never put my finger on what it was, but I was reading this book. I was thinking about this the other day, and I realized, like, she was talking about it was. It's the book called um, "Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About oh, yeah. Race," yeah. and there's a section on it that's about femininity, like feminism and everything. It's written by a black woman, and she was um, talking about because I think that the aspect and the point of view of like the fact that we're black women does change things, mm-hmm, and. Does. Um, so she was talking about, and this is taking it all the way back to like colonialism and slaves and etc. And she was talking about how um, women, black women, were like our, our sexuality and our uteruses were, or uteri, I never know what the plural of uterus is. <laughs> You're in med school and you don't know it? Sis. I know, shame, shame. shame Anyways. <laughs> Um, I think it's uteruses. Anyways, that they were industrialized. What I mean by that is that, like, we were made to just push out babies Mm -hmm. consistently. And because, like, they're the ones who were going to create more workers for the white men. But then also with that came the fact that even in those times, the white man who was with us, they were were being raped. The the black women were being raped, which means that there was that sexualization still and yet a white man could not stand up and say I love this woman Mm -hmm. could not stand up and claim her in front of anyone because it was a shame to be attracted to this woman and I know that like it's years ago and whatever but just thinking of that I was like there are some parallels somehow where like I feel like there's a vibe you know yeah I think 
that the something that changed also that you kind of have more of a voice now mm. like it's not um the relationship of a submissive and yeah for sure dominant yeah, yeah dominant, dominant and submissive uh, submissive mm. so i feel like that changes but also you kind of get traces of it of like that feeling of like i felt like men were allowed to like in this weird unwritten rule men were allowed to find me sexy and want to sleep with me but weren't allowed to like love me or like mm-hmm. be in love with me or have a crush on me or anything like that and again like being in an environment that's mostly caucasian where you can see the difference you can feel and see the difference between you and these other girls and i feel like it made it quote unquote worse than just the fact that i was a tomboy and so me being black added to that and made me feel even more masculine because somehow black women are defined uh, with masculine traits in society well what society claims as masculine traits of like being strong and being impenetrable being emotionless being even just the physique the physique yeah i don't know i'm gonna take the most obvious example it was serena williams Mm -hmm. when she was like people were literally comparing her to uh, men Mm -hmm. just because of the way she looked Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there was there was definitely that aspect and it's something that when you're younger and there's no one around you to correlate your story, it feels like you're going insane, right? Because yeah, you're nice. like, I can see there's a clear difference, but if I tell anyone around me, they're going to tell me I'm crazy. But the thing is, Caucasian people don't see it. Yeah. When you're not living the same experience as me, I you would tell you something you and you would just gaslight what I just said mm-hmm. and say, but no, like he's looking at you and mm-hmm. he's, no, it's not. It's like, not the same. <laughs> but like, that's the thing is when we found each other, yeah. when we like became friends and we started talking about that, I was yeah. like, wait, I was actually not, not alone. crazy. <laughs> like, was this? And that's the thing. That's why I feel like it's so important to have as much as like, you should have friends who look like anything it doesn't matter but having people who have the same experience as you who can sit down and talk to you and like i feel like there was a lot of healing that came from that of like talking about stories we don't even come from the same place we didn't know each other before we had completely different lives and yet we sit down and we tell stories and there's so many similarities similarities in what we're saying and like so much of like which makes like it kind of quote unquote proves the fact that like it wasn't just because it was me. Mm-hmm. It's because there's the only common point between me and you is that we're both black exactly. women. Exactly. Yeah. And so and then you read a book and she's saying the same thing and you like talk and to other random people, people and, and they, they have the same story. The same and thing. you're like, there's a problem and yeah. everyone's ignoring it because they're not experiencing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And it's wild. But yeah, I, I felt like that was definitely one thing about femininity that like confused me because I feel like before uni, I didn't have to think about it that thoroughly. I was like, I always felt outside and I always felt like an outsider and like, like I wasn't like the rest of the girls somehow, which sounds so melodramatic, but like that somehow I didn't fit in. For me, I had a point where I was trying to be like everyone, Mm. you know, so I was trying to fit in with everyone and I was just like, I used to be just like loud, outgoing person Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And yo, I would have have to tell myself, I would try to know shake myself <laughs> be there and be acceptable to yeah. what was what was going on over yeah. there and i feel like getting to uni obviously i got to uni i was what like 17 and hitting like 18 19 and you're like okay next year i'm hitting my 20s whatever so i hit my 20s and that's when you realize like i'm growing up like <laughs> this is happening <laughs> whether I want it or not right and I'm the type of person who I think a lot like I'm a Mm -hmm, deep thinker right and like I like um kind of analyzing things and like so I realized that like I wanted to step into this with complete intentionality being like okay I'm at this point of my life and I was trying to figure out what my definition of being a woman was and I couldn't I couldn't give an answer. I didn't know. I was like I don't I don't know what it is because everything that I have is some thing that society That's fed me that came from a person that does not look like me at all. And I could never put myself in those shoes because I don't I can't even associate with the first thing about this person. 
and so and then I'll add to that that like I've never had well I don't really have like um yeah like female friends female people that I look up to like women who have been through it who look like me who I can go talk to and be like yo how did how did you go through this like how did you um tackle this and so you're left there with you yourself and you man (laughs) and i feel like it's wild because that's why i feel like these conversations are so important because if they don't happen then there's so many people left out there with just themselves and you just have to figure it out somehow and it's so easy to just go with the flow and you end up in your 30s and your 40s and you're just the person that you are with no retrospect on what it is i think it's kind of amazing to have a rest- uh, retrospect. <laughs> retrospect exactly early on yeah because then you kind of have this time before eating your, um, hitting your t- 30s and mm-hmm. to just like figure it out for yourself and just changing things that you want to change mm-hmm. and finding that woman um female figure that mm-hmm. you want to look up yeah, to that you want to sure. reach and yeah. kind of also have your own definition of what a woman is mm-hmm. from your experience so i think that's yeah great. there was this passage though that i want to read from the and it's something that I related to so much that therefore I was like, I gotta read this. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> it stuck with me too. It's like freaking heck. So it's this passage from the same book that I mentioned before. And I'm gonna just read the whole passage. Um, there's, such a, there's such stigma attached to speaking up and being a woman, let alone speaking up, being a woman, and being black. When in 2013, model Naomi Campbell lent her voice to a campaign dedicated to getting more models of color on the runways of fashion week the statistic at the time was 82 percent of fashion week models were white she was confronted by a channel 4 news reporter who told her you have a reputation rightly or wrongly for being quite an angry person the angry black woman cannot be reasoned with she argues back she is not docile sweet or agreeable like expectations of white femininity Her anger makes her ugly and undesirable. It's for that reason she'll never find a husband, and if she does, she will emasculate him. Emasculation as a concept is one that requires the rigid upholding of sexist gender roles. The angry black woman stereotype wields misogyny as a stick to beat black women over the head with. That angry black woman appear to emasculate men is sexist because it makes assumptions about the characteristics of men that inevitably limits the scope of their humanity and i read this thing and i was like that's my whole life (laughs) i do think that the stereotype of black women Mm -hmm. um, kind of enables people to see us as feminine some people i'm not going to say i'm not going to generalize enable enables them to see us as feminine yeah as in allows them to see us as feminine? No, oh, doesn't. stops us from yeah. being, okay. Um, definitely, because I remember, um, I don't know if you have stories like this as well, but I remember I had cut my hair at some point and I decided to start growing it back, right? And I remember the first time that I wore my hair out to school and it was a teeny tiny fro, but it was still my hair out, right? And you gotta understand, and we're gonna get into this later, but as a black woman, your hair is a whole other statement. subject. It's, it's a, a state- whole yeah. other subject. And so I got to school, and one of my best friends, who obviously is Caucasian, he looks at me, and he, his first reaction is, whoa, you look aggressive. And I was like, you don't even know where to begin. <laughs> you don't know what to say so you say nothing so you just take it right just keep it, retain yourself. and you can't explain to this person why that is so messed up yeah. <laughs> and why that is just feeding into everything that society already has to say about my hair and so the stereotype of a black woman from what I've experienced is a lot of that a lot of anger also add to that that my whole experience in school i know i'm someone who's assertive yeah. <laughs> i know i'm someone who speaks up when i have something to say yeah. and i know that like for my entire scholar years i'm not the type of person where a teacher will do me wrong and i'm gonna just sit there and be like oh she's authority or he's authority so i'm not gonna say anything 
so when teachers would treat me differently or treat me wrong i would i would say something and for my whole life that's been like at parent teacher meetings with the children my parents is like she's rude or she is um insolent like she 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 doesn't respect us basically yeah this kind of goes with what um the passage you just read it was like you are not allowed to speak up you're not yeah and that's generally as a woman but it's just made worse by the fact that you're black mm-hmm. and thankfully my parents didn't care because i had good grades yeah. that's the way most african parents are if you have good grades it don't matter but it definitely stuck with me where it was a constant thing where i'm like i'm speaking common sense mm-hmm. i'm speaking normally and speaking the fact that yourself. exactly and the fact that i'm not gonna i'm not willing to sit here and just take whatever you give me is what makes me somehow rude or makes me aggressive and like it's it's labels that people give you that have nothing to do with you and when you're too young i feel like you start taking it as your reality and so people will tell you you're aggressive and you'll be like okay that's a part of me now people will tell you that you're um that somehow you're too much of everything. And I feel like that kind of to me defines what it feels like to be a black woman is that I always feel like I'm too much. In every situation I'm either too loud or too assertive. I just take too much energy up. I just I compared to other people. So that was the main experience. Now I kind of want to touch on cuz now that I've said I mentioned black hair, I feel like we need to dive into oh, that subject right there. Sis, you know when you coming with the cornrows. And you look like a boy. Girl. No. <laughs> that was my voice feel every time I went with cornrows. Yeah. It was like, "Oh my god, they're going to say yeah, I look, look like, like a, a boy, boy now." And then it's just going to be the whole, "Oh, she she masculine, you know." Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I feel like weaved into the stereotype of a woman that has been conceived at the moment comes having long luscious hair that flows like freaking water <laughs> and at least when i was younger yeah. there was nothing nothing around me that was remotely even similar to what i had or looked like what i had and i feel like my hair was a huge part of that like masculine feeling as you're saying um having hair shorter than everyone else having hair that was different than anyone else's hair but how did you experience the whole journey with your hair when you're young oh there were certain hairstyles i didn't like when i was young which mainly cornrow but there are certain hairstyles i would avoid just because i looked like a boy it was like my hair was so like close to my scalp mm-hmm. that I would feel like you you're only seeing my face you know there's no luscious feeling mm. hair, like wind. I'm not whipping my hair back yeah, and forth exactly. <laughs> I cannot whip my hair back and forth and you know you're not wearing hair earrings at that time so you know like you're really giving that whole boyish experience and that was even way before I came here I was like Canada and everything like that so I used to like not want to have anything to do with that I used to wear box braids because you know box braids is kind of like in between before you get to the weave part you know you have to get the, the box braids for a little flip of the hair mm-hmm. and then we had the um, weave moment i was really into weaves because it was like it was close to what was the beauty standard so mm-hmm. i was wearing a lot of weaves and i have a question though yeah. in canada because she did live in canada before um do you feel like um in canada you had more of a black entourage yeah, I okay. did have more. Cause you're saying weave and stuff was the beauty center, and in my head it's like completely different. So I'm like, okay. Uh, so that's based on the fact that your entourage was pretty yeah, much my, black at that. Yeah, point. exactly. Okay. My, yeah. my entourage was pretty much black at that point, and uh, basically the whole neighborhood was black. You mm-hmm. know, and um, so there was much. It was like we were all living kind of the same, the same things. Mm-hmm. It was we were doing weaves, box braids. Uh, when I went to high school, that was pretty much all that we had mm-hmm. because you know we're not not a lot of people were rocking the natural hair because mm-hmm. obviously the whole movement did not come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. That was about to be my question. What was your level? Well, what was your relationship with your natural hair? 
I used to oh that was I used to um, perm my hair mm-hmm. yeah I used to perm my hair until 2016 that was like the year I left no that was two years before I left two years before I left I stopped um, perming my hair and then I cut the the straight ends the yeah the straight ends, ends cut it off went natural and I've been natural ever since so I was like that was like my epiphany down you know what I can do this you know what made you switch though I don't know I think it was I know what made me switch no I straightened my hair and I realized that it was long but then I had like the dead dead ends and then I was like this needs to go this needs to go and I was more I always had long hair but like medium length hair so for me I was like, I'm never, I'm never wearing my natural hair out, mm. so like, it doesn't matter if I cut it or not. I'm always doing protective hairstyles. So, but why weren't you wearing them? Sis, you know why I was not wearing that, wearing it out. I don't know. It was just the whole. You're wearing your natural hair, and then people are just looking at you a type of different. And then you have to, and, and to keep maintain it, mm. and everything like that. It was too much of a hassle that I didn't yeah. wear it out. Or if I wore it out, because I wore it out for winter, like the whole winter, I straightened it the whole Oof. winter. Oof. Do you know the damage I had? I bet, man. <laughs> the damage I had. Yeah. I'm still crying. <laughs> and so that was that was the only. That was only the only way I was wearing my hair out yeah. or protective hairstyle or anything like yeah. that. And then when I came over here, um, I used to do the, the two little puff mm-hmm. puff uh, buns, mm-hmm. space buns or yeah. puff buns, whatever people call it and everything like that. But it was at a time where, you know, I, I wasn't really, I was growing into the natural hair and mm-hmm. I didn't really know how to like, you know, lay your edges or anything like that. So, you know, you were just going like that. And you see people are looking at, they're looking at the the hair you know it's different from every other people people want to touch your buns mm. they want to i don't know they just want to how does it feel how do you sleep there's so many questions mm. coming and everything like that and you have to explain the whole like taking care of black hair is not that it's different from taking care of like a white person's hair and everything like that and then um i just went for box braids and weaves and now i'm actually a lot more comfortable with my natural hair you know, think right now, you know? <laughs> yes sir um it's funny you say because like in that aspect we had different childhoods just because my whole life has been around caucasian people i've never been in an environment where i was the majority yeah. and when i was in canada my mom used to cut my hair because she has right. short hair and she didn't know how to take care of hair so uh, she used to cut it, so I had short hair. So that already played into masculinity because I was when we were out with my brother or whenever people would be like, "Oh, you have such a cute little boy." Yeah, people. Yeah, that happened all the time, and that's when she decided. Like when it got too much, that's when she decided to start to let me grow out my hair. Um, so I started growing it out a little before I came to Switzerland, and then got to Switzerland and was in Bern. Still no black women around still the only one and so eventually your hair grows a little bit now add to the fact that my mom doesn't know how to do my hair so the only thing she can do is braid like individual braids so my hairstyles were going crazy (laughs) we have the pictures to to prove it (laughs) my hairstyles were going crazy and um and then eventually like obviously i started taking care of my own hair and stuff but you go to school with your hair done and I got to school and I remember this happened all the time as I got to school and people would want to play with my hair. Yeah. So I would have it up in a puff and so I would take out the elastic band and during the break they would have their hands all up in my hair. How did that make Making a mohawk and now I'm like, you feel like an animal in a zoo. Yeah, an attraction. You really do. and. Back then, I remember feeling feeling that way as well, but feeling like, oh, it's just a joke, and oh, they're just having fun with it, and like, um... Do you feel like you were you were more okay with it back then because you wanted to be accepted? Exactly, that's what I was going to say, is that like a lot of it was wanting to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And the only way I could see myself being accepted is to accept the fact that this is weird to them, so they want to have their hands all up in yeah. my hair. And now... <laughs> now I look back and I'm like the audacity. 
the audacity of these yeah. people and what was I thinking, right? Um, and I think it's difficult as well because I come from a household with mixed cultures. My parents haven't experienced this before. So I'm the first generation to experience this. There's no one there to tell me this is what's going to happen yeah, when you get to school. This is how you're supposed to deal with it. The teachers aren't going to help you. They don't understand either. So Plus your would, brother is not getting the same experience My brother is not. So I don't have know. another girl around. Yeah. So it was... So yeah, I would get to school. They would play with my hair. Make it absolutely insane and make mohawks make shapes forms because obviously they can manipulate my hair. my hair was play-doh it was literally play-doh and i felt like somehow that was the only way to bring value to my hair because if they weren't doing that then it was falling back on my hair wasn't enough it wasn't girly enough it wasn't straight enough wasn't long enough um Contrary to you, I've never had long hair, so it was never, it was just never enough. And so if they're not playing with it, which is some sort of pseudo-positive thing, then it's just me dealing with, like, the insecurity of having my own hair. Add to that, that in the household in of itself, and I think this is a lot of the fact, like, in African households a lot of the time, um, natural hair wasn't considered neat it was considered you being shabby and leaving your hair be and not taking care of it Mm -hmm. and so i remember when i started growing it out and stuff and i would just put it up whatever and i used to blow dry my hair every day imagine the damage that does every single day i would blow dry my hair it was so damaged oh my gosh then one time my mom decided that she wanted to permit and when i tell you I put it up in a ponytail and I would like tight, you know, you pull the sides to tighten the ponytail. It ripped. My hair ripped in my hands like paper. (laughs) I was like, Lord God. (laughs) Mind you that after that, I didn't cut it. It was still there growing out, whatever. Um, Because it still had some type of curl pattern. So it didn't, if I wet it, it still somehow curled. But I don't remember ever wetting it to curl it because it was always blow dried. And so you grow with that. And that was always a part of me that was like so huge because it was such a big part part of who I was. Mm -hmm. Because as I was saying at home, so like, I had my mother telling me like do something with your hair you're not doing anything yeah. with your hair it's not neat like and it was just my hair naturally and i was like okay this doesn't really make much sense why can my friend leave the house just brush her hair and leave and i have to do something with my hair because i'm not presentable as i am and and then the fact that like it didn't look like everyone else somehow removed from my femininity as well okay. so you end up in a position where like it becomes part of your personality because of how much like everyone has something to say about your hair everyone has a comment everyone has a point of view but do you think you made it a part of your personality or people just made it a part of your personality because now you know that your hair is your personality you Mm -hmm. kind of switch it up you know colors everything like that (laughs) i'd be going crazy people know you for your I remember who said that, but like last week, and someone said, "Oh, your friend that that has the colored hair." I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, me, yeah, that's, that's me. Her, that's her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you feel like people, like you were forced to make it your personality, or you actually on your own. Here's the thing: when I say my personality, it's not the same personality as what you're talking about right now. Of like oh, yeah, uh, the girl with colored hair. Yeah, I feel like um, back then. It was a part of my identity in the sense that it was a part of my insecurities. Mm-hmm. And so it was a part of something that I somehow had to compensate for in order to be enough. Yeah. And back then, yes, there were box braids, but box braids weren't as cool as they are today. Yeah, fine. So we would have bo- I would have box braids and whatever. And you know how like at some point your box braids get like like cause in the back I had really loose hair. Mm-hmm. So at some point like it'll slip out. And like, have you ever had a box braid fall? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And that was your worst nightmare because 
nightmare ever. Everyone, everyone knows it's yours. First of all, everyone knows it's yours. Second of all, no one understands. So people are making fun of you left, right, and center. Yeah. Your hair is falling out. What's going on? Bruh, it was... If one of my hair fell out, yeah. I would pick the Immediately. Immediately. No one would see <laughs> No one can see it. Just the fact that you're leaving it there, you're the only one that has bug sprayed. So, yeah. you know, people know it's they you. They know it's you. And then it's like, oh, I got your hair. Uh-huh. Why is your hair not pulling out? Have you ever had the, they touch the ends of your hair and it's like, can you feel this? Oh, have no, you ever I've had that? Had that, that it's happened to me so many times. I have box braids. Obviously, they're curious. They're confused by the fact that I've changed from one day to the next. Secondly, I get to school, and man, I'm telling you, when people don't know about something, it makes them idiots. Because I would have my hair down. Someone will come, touch the ends of my box braids, and be like, can you feel this? And I'll be like, do you have nerves in your hair that I don't have? The audacity. Because... If you have nerves in your hair, I feel like you need to go get that checked out. Because what is going on? Like, please. And I'm like, if you pull it, I will feel it. The same way if I pull your hair, you will feel it. If I touch the ends of your hair, you will not feel it unless I move something in your scalp. I'm like, please, just use common sense, man. Two things. One, it was people used to, like, burn the ends. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's flammable. Oh my god. They and would burn your hair. Yeah, it's like you would take a strand. Hell you, no. I used to allow people to do whatever. Okay, I was a people pleaser. I feel you. you. I feel you. <laughs> I can. I, I can roast myself. Okay. I can roast myself. Okay, it was like you know you would pull one and oh my god, it's flammable. Whatever. Hell two. No. And two, it's people assuming you're bald headed just because you're wearing weaves, that part because you're wearing box braids because part. you're wearing. Anything other than your natural hair, yes, people sir. assume that you're bald headed, and I will not deal with that shit ever again. <laughs> you know, this hits close to home, <laughs> it hits way too close to home. Yes, and I have another one also. Yeah. It's I feel um, different treatment from people um, depending on the hairstyle you have. Oh my god, you know, we gotta talk about this because <laughs> which one is the fact. most which one is the most acceptable to you? box braids with me it's box braids it's always been box braids um mostly because that's the thing that i wear the most Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to protective styling and man wait what for you first of all which one is it oh it was crochet really yeah Yeah. having hair hair like yeah yeah yeah. curly crochets Mm. 3a type of curls you know they be liking that shit yeah is that your natural issue oh my god it's the fact that i have to tell every single time that's not my natural hair like that's not my curl pattern but people every single time it's like oh i like your hair when you Mm. did it like that i was like which one it was like yeah when it was curly and everything i was like Mm. yeah that that was not my that was not my curl pattern that was not me you know what it is about that though it's that Okay, first of all, yes, there's a difference in treatment um, and in looks from men as mm-hmm. well. And the type of men you attract. Yeah. Speak on it. <laughs> because I feel like, first of all, um, when I have my natural hair out, you attract that like... It's almost like you feel fetishized, first of all. Because... They'll come for you because they think you're some type of exotic creature. I like, like the old, old. it's the old people, the older yeah. men who are like, oh, look at her living in her truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ew. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's that exotic feature. Or it'll be the white people who are trying to, like, live live life the on the interra- edge. Yeah. The interracial. Yeah. Dream. yeah, yeah. And, like, trying to be the stereotype of that and then i wear box braids and there it's more all the like black men like the average black men who will then acknowledge you and i feel like about them acknowledging like saying that their preferred hairstyle was you with the three the three mm-hmm. a curls yeah. here's my thing with that i've heard it so many times people will because first of all once i got to uni somehow i started wearing colors because i was like why not (laughs) i've had plenty of colors in my Mm -hmm. hair and i've also had plenty of hairstyles and stuff Mm -hmm. and so with that people 
think that the more you switch up your hair and do stuff with your hair, the more they have a right to an opinion on your hair. So every time I switched up my hair, I would get a 10 minute lecture from some white girl. First of all, I would get a 10 minute lecture from some white girl about this other black girl that she knows who's Mm -hmm. from a country that has nothing to do with mine. Mm And talk to me about how she knows all about black hair because she's seen it from this friend of hers mm-hmm. who also has braids. And she told me about these braids and she told me how long it takes. I'm like, okay, great. Fantastic. Secondly, you get the type of people who will start touching it and asking you how long it took. How do you do it? Oh, this looks impossible. It has to be so hard. This, that, and the third. Okay. The question's I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. That's, I mean, you're curious. Yeah. It makes sense. I can educate you on that. Yeah. I don't like Thirdly, that. it's the people who are like, oh, I prefer this style. Oh, I prefer that yeah. style. Or like you'll have your actual natural hair out and they'll be like, oh, I liked you with braids. Or I liked you with this. And I'm like, I get that to other people it might just be hair. But to me, what you're telling me is, again, you're reaffirming the fact that me, me, myself, and I, I'm not enough. enough. Oh, my days. I am not enough. And if I'm not wearing braids, then I'm somehow not beautiful enough. Mm-hmm. And like my hair in and of itself is not the I beauty have to standard. Switch the hair pattern Exactly. For, it to be, like, for me to be accepted. Yeah. And it makes you there's it's this weird thing where I'm wearing box braids because it's a protective style, yes. But the longer you're wearing box braids for and the longer you get the look that you get when you get box braids because it's you know the typical black woman you know she's like natural and everything but also still acceptable and the more you wear it the more once you switch back to your natural hair and you have your natural hair out people have so many questions they're like why is your hair so short why is it looking like that i liked it when you had braids you should do braids again it really looked good on you yeah and it doesn't help in your journey of learning to love your hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it does true. not that's help. True. So if you're hearing this and you have comments to say on black people's hair, please just stop don't it. Don't say stop anything. <laughs> I didn't ask. If I ask you, fine. I didn't ask. And <laughs> so I swear it's trauma, man. And so it leaves you in a point where me having box braids as you said it is a part of my personality i love to express myself through my hair i love to have different colors i love to have different styles and to be loud with my hair Mm -hmm. but it leaves me in a place where unless i like i have to stir up the courage to be outside with my natural hair yeah that's yeah because it's not as loud it's not as acceptable it's not as cool and so that relationship of love with your with your natural, natural hair, hair is crazy yeah. you've been here on my journey you know two years ago i was not wearing my natural hair like this yeah. and even now i'm having it in like it's buns styled and, no and, and everything yeah. like that i cannot wear it as an afro yeah because i have so much trauma mm-hmm. as to it's not trauma it's more i'm afraid of what people would think mm-hmm. and i i let that let that um guide me yeah Yeah, exactly so and you know what the thing is is like you can't even comfort someone and be like no don't worry they won't say anything because i know for a fact they will say something yeah Yeah. (laughs) and what's crazy is that you have to it's like you have to psych yourself up to leave the house with the hair that's on your head Mm -hmm. and be like regardless of what people say i need to accept myself as i am right now and love my hair as it is right now and even if you lack, you catch a look, even if someone says something, I need to be able to ignore it and sit down and be like, okay, I love my hair for me. Mm-hmm. And like, this is who I am. And yeah. it kind of comes into like self-image and self-worth mm-hmm. and stuff. And my hair is a part of me. So I have to be able to love the whole of me, which includes my natural hair. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's like one thing that's still in my journey um, to womanhood is mm-hmm. learning to love my natural hair in an afro mm. and just wearing it out and being nonchalant about it mm-hmm. and not touching it for like every two seconds like mm-hmm. oh my god the wind has messed it up or yeah. something like that that is Facts. something that's part of my journey yeah to be like okay i've done it all with my hair and yeah. i love it now yeah and i feel like 
that difference between I think that's one of the places where um, colorism comes in because the lighter you are the looser your curls the looser your curls the more acceptable it is because I feel like afro hair is accepted either when it's a huge afro and it's like well put up because it gives it's reminiscent to like the black power movement and like to all of that or when it's loose curls and you're cute with it and like it's a it's all lioness hair but it's curls so it's acceptable you know and if you don't fall into those categories then life becomes really difficult for you <laughs> and it's crazy because i remember and i don't know if you remember this because i know you were in this conversation as well we were having a conversation with someone who was not he's not caucasian but he's not black either and we were talking about our hair mm-hmm. and <laughs> you remember don't you, <laughs> you and he was like i did it <laughs> And he was like, but I don't get it. You guys are so dramatic about it. It's just hair. It's just, yeah. And hearing that sentence, like that sentence literally hit me to my core because I was like, it hasn't been That's just hair. That's the thing. That's the thing. I'm like, this whole journey that we have to do, it didn't come from us hating our hair. It came from other people telling us our hair is not enough. So you are going to stand there and make my hair a thing, make it a whole part of my personality. This is what defines you as anger. I look at it. It makes you this, that, and the third. And then turn around and be like, but it's just hair. Why are you being so dramatic about it? I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, It's crazy. It could have been just hair. But people, people had so many things to say about it, made so much importance exactly. to it that it's not just and hair. It's and not just hair anymore. You have been so like uh, insecure about it, you know. Like there's, there was this whole thing that people just it started just because of people's opinions. So it's not just hair at the hair at this point. It's it also just a way to express yourself. Yeah. And so, anyways, that's kind of that on hair. But like, I just. Because I feel like that's a part of like the walk to womanhood, as you were saying. So that is part one. I um, I really enjoyed having this conversation with Joel. Uh, we do tend to like sit down and chat a lot, and it does. Um, it brings out stuff in both of us where like we we both relate a lot to a lot of the things we've experienced and so it was just a really enjoyable conversation to have with her and um i split it in two parts just because i don't really want to give y'all like a two hour (laughs) two hour segment um but y'all will get part two next week so tune in for that uh i might even drop it a little before next week Um, but yeah I hope y'all enjoyed I hope you have a good day good week good evening, good night, whatever it may be and I will catch y'all next week bye